Thought Bubble Audio. Hi, welcome to Batwoman TV Talk, the weekly podcast following the adventures of the CW show. I am Palmer, and with me, as always, is Tony Ann. Say hi, Tony Ann. Hi, everybody. How you doing today? Pretty good. How are you? Uh, getting over a cold, but I'm sure mostly everyone is this time of year. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's not fun. I hate it. I more than I hate criminals. <laughs> so before we get into the episode discussion, should we talk about the little piece of news that I saw from the Which, week? Yes. Which news? That we got a full season. Yay! And we will be around for I the thought full we already year. Nice. Did they say how many episodes? Uh, not that I saw, but usually the CW doesn't do less than 20 to 22. So I'm assuming that we will be around for that long. Nice. Yeah, that's that sounds about right. 22 episodes. Um, which is, uh, which will be interesting because if they weren't working on a full season plan to begin with, what will end up happening in the second half of the season? Yeah. Cause the show doesn't feel like they thought they were getting a full season. It feels like they were planning on telling their season story within whatever episodes were their initial order. Right. I think that might have more to do with, they needed to get everything resolved before crisis yeah that too so like i know where flash is flash is being split up into kind of two um storylines pre and post crisis i'm wondering if uh i'm wondering the same thing will be with batwoman maybe with supergirl too who knows i haven't unfortunately kept up on supergirl uh this season i watched the first episode and then I kept Supergirl hearing that he is the only one of the Berlanti verse so far that's participating in crisis re- that hasn't really mentioned crisis at all. Black Lightning hasn't really either. Well, Black Lightning isn't officially in the Arrowverse and it's really only coming into it in this crossover. So I believe they don't know about the other Earths and it'll just come. Kind of be thrown at them. Gotcha. Yeah. So with Supergirl though, yeah, I, I don't know. They've, I've, I've not been hearing good things about the season, unfortunately. Um, although I did hear the this week's episode was pretty good. It was. Um. Yeah. It was. So it was the best like, of the I, I, for me. Was that because James left? No, it just because. <laughs> Um, it actually, like, it felt like they were, we were dealing within character-motivated drama and not trying to move plot points along. Okay. Um, I can, I can definitely see, I can definitely see that argument, especially with some CW shows, but I would argue that in the past, they've had problems pushing the, pushing the stuff along. Like, I know Flash at times... Over the course of 22 episodes, you get like two or three episodes where it feels like the main story 
just isn't moving it. And Supergirl too. Like I've I've noticed it a lot with Supergirl. Yeah. Um, but I know Flash's Flash's uh, suffered that too at some points. I'm hoping Batwoman doesn't. So far, it hasn't. I mean, so far, it's been moving along at a pretty good clip. Did it yeah. this week? Who's who's to say? We do. We'll say. So, all right. So, we're going to talk about episode number four. Is this I was going to say, is this three or four? This is episode four, Who Are You? Which is also another quote from Alice in Wonderland. So, I, that is going to be a running theme, at least for the next until uh crisis i would imagine yeah because at that point it'll be crisis part wherever they fall in the crossover right so we start off the episode with uh a quick flashback and then we see magpie breaking in and stealing some jewelry uh magpie is a comic book character so it was nice to see them this is really our first shot of somebody from Batman's, well, no, we had Thomas Elliot last week, but someone in costume from Batman's Rogues Gallery coming in and essentially just taking Catwoman's place as a as a uh, jewel thief. Uh-huh. Is it bad that I didn't actually know the villain's name for most of the episode? Um, no, because, I mean, I, I read Batman... And until they, if I didn't know this was Magpie to begin with, I wouldn't have known her name either, I don't believe. Okay. I, I can't think of, I can't think of any uh, comics that I've read with her as the villain. Like, she's shown up recently in Tom King's run, but, but um, that's, you know, that's about it. Like, I don't really recall her a lot she was first she was created back in 1986 by john byrne in man of steel number three so she was originally in a superman comic um and this was during the period of time where john byrne had been brought in post oddly enough post crisis on infinite earths which is kind of what they're they're doing in the crossover this year he was brought in to kind of restart the superman series of comics he started with a mini series called man of steel that kind of quickly went through superman's origins so she showed up for the first time in issue number three and then became then became a uh batman character she is a jewel thief who specifically targets jewels named after birds and then replaces them with booby trapped replicas that's okay which makes it, sense. Which makes sense. Yep. Uh, she she takes the job as a museum cur- curator, which is kind of different than her, her character in this, although you in part later on in the episode. And, and she is slowly driven mad, surrounded by the beautiful things that she loves but can never own. She was the first villain who was defeated by Superman batman working together post crisis con oh wow yep yeah so i mean they kind of they did kind of uh keep to her keep to her core character although they did change um she's a 
pho- she's a photographer in in this rather than a museum curator but at the end we kind of get the same motivation where like she looks down upon the rich because they can afford nice things so she was superman and batman's first takedown together post-crisis i find it interesting that this that they chose this particular villain for batwoman's first official takedown as batwoman yeah, no, that's that's a good that's a good call. But I found with a lot of the Berlanti stuff, like the people who work on these shows really have such a good deep um knowledge of comics that these easter eggs show up all the time. And that's one of the things I really like about these shows. Like even if I don't like the show the the episode or where the show's direction goes, I do think they always get like the comic stuff really good, and they they love throwing in these Easter eggs to the fans, which is awesome. Yeah, absolutely. Like it, it's it's great. So after we see her rip off uh, rip off some jewelry, we cut to a nice opening shot of Gotham City, where we have Rachel Maddow's character uh, Vesper, right? That's no. I honestly Vesper? I don't even know voiceover girl's name. <laughs> I didn't it, even well, know that that was Rachel Maddow till you told me. Well, it was funny because they announced that it was going to be Rachel Maddow like the week before the thing aired. I saw that Rachel Maddow was joining or like doing something, but I didn't know what. I didn't really pay attention to what she was doing. Yes, Vesper Fairchild who is apparent it's weird because in this in this episode specific her job is essentially to act as the like male viewpoint of certain events like she talks about batwoman you know batwoman should smile more or even the beginning where She's like, hey, Magpie stole a bunch of jewels last night. Was Batwoman doing her hair? You know, looking over shades of red lipstick. Like, she's very condescending at times to Batwoman as for being a woman, it sounds like. Yeah. That it's it's weird when it's coming out of her mouth and not a guy's mouth. And maybe they thought they would catch too much flack if it was a guy doing it. Like, is this a way to kind of... To, to be able to yeah, but isn't it almost kind of worse for women to condescend to other women than for men to condescend to women oh i agree like i mean to be fair it's bad when anyone's condescending. True, true, but, but but i i think I, I you know this this is kind of feeding into the trope of like women always trying to bring down women which you know i i don't know it's weird like i don't I think if it if it was a guy doing it, it would catch a lot of flack for being too political, which is weird because that's what these like, like these shows never shy away from it. No, sometimes to their detriment, but no. no. Sometimes, although I like I love when I love when it's like a quick dig, like when it's a quick obvious dig, I love it. Sometimes if they harp on it. A little too much then i can like even if i agree i'm just gonna be like 
all right, like like you're not going to win this argument. Like you're not going to win over people by hammering at home. Like stick and move, stick and move. Yeah. It's like a boxing match. So Does Batman have an equivalent to this in the comics? Like is she supposed is Rachel Maddow's character supposed to be representing something from the comics? Uh, not really. The only thing I could think of is, um, is, uh, man, the, that Kim Basinger played in the first Batman movie, um, whose name is escaping me right now because I love having no idea what I'm talking about. Um, you know, Vicky Vale was, uh, was one of the characters in Batman who was a reporter. So that's the only kind of that's the only kind of connection I can really put between. Although one was a love interest, and I don't believe Vespa Fairchild will be, but who knows? Okay, just curious. Yeah. So after Vespa Fairchild is trying to take Batwoman down a peg or two, we open to we. Open to Kate and the bartender from last episode, canoodling. Is her name Regan or Reagan? Regan. I, I, I wanted to call her Reagan all episode, and they're like, they kept saying Regan. I was like, oh, no. Yeah, okay. no. It, it, yeah, it's Regan. Um, and, I, and that, I think, makes sense. Like, Reagan, yeah. Yeah, I don't. A woman named, uh, you know what it is like. If they named her Reagan, it would just be reminiscent of the uh, the horror movie. Gotcha. So I mean, I'm I'm okay with that. One thing we learned from this scene, um, after they kind of do their cute, you know, good morning routine, is Kate gets it. Yeah, uh, Kate gets a message from from Luke Fox like hey you got to you got to come down to the Batwoman cave because things are going going on um and and we get the first taste that is going to be a reoccurring theme in this episode Kate needs to get better at lying she's the worst liar in the world i have never seen anybody <laughs> worse at lying than Kate like i've seen people who could who couldn't lie with a straight face and that is even better than whatever Kate was doing. Yeah, that was just that I will say was my least favorite part of this entire episode. I did not like because it kind of felt like this was the first week we kind of went into like superhero trope land where like the superhero has to lie to their significant other because they can't know who they are. And I just didn't like that whole thing. Like I get why it was happening. But I just really didn't like it. And it made it really bad because all the lies she came up with were terrible. I mean, were they were they really that terrible? I mean, okay, the one from the morning, which that one was what? The the fire or something? No, that is the that was the like the pipe burst. I thought oh, that well, was she said at, later. No, no, no. At first it was uh, was her phone goes off and she's like, oh, it's my friend, thing, person, <laughs> that 
literally sounds like another. Oh, it's a guy. A water main broke. Yeah, that's it. Water main. The the water the water main broke. I gotta go fix it. Are you a plumber? No. No. No, I'm not. <laughs> the, the scene was just I cr- I like I cringed the whole thing. I was like, oh god, Kate, you're so bad at this. Like, I mean, it would have been fine. It would have been fine if she didn't like stumble her way through it. Yeah. So. But Kate she gets also had a good reason for it too. Like when she explained why she was having such an issue with it, it kind of made sense. But in the moment, I was like, "Oh no." I mean, yeah. Like, just get better at lying. Yeah. For the love of God, like block out like twenty minutes, get some index cards, write down some lies, and learn them. It's part of your bat homework. <laughs> So Kate gets to Kate gets to uh, Wayne Tower, where there's uh, photography going on of Martha's pearls that that we found Bruce bought for a million dollars at a, after searching like the World Oval Forum. In this in in this uh, the pearls didn't break. Like the string of pearls didn't break, obviously, when the when the mugging was happening. Um, she was shot, and then he took the pearls either off of her or she handed it or she was handing it to him. But like every other version, like her body's falling at the same time the string of pearls is, which is weird because like it it always it seemed to me like that was just cheap jewelry at that point. But so we see the significance of the jewels. Like we knew what they were, but I don't think we ever knew that they were really the pearls that she had on her when she died. We right. just kind of, like I thought they were just kind of a symbolic thing. But then they kind of explained it. Right. Which is good. I like I like the fact that that they if for no reason than people who didn't really know the purpose of them. Yeah, I figured they were important. I didn't realize how important until they said so in this episode. Right, right. And while these people are taking photographs of these pearls, you know, Luke is like, hey, did you see the thing about magpie? You know, like, Luke, there there are other people here. Wait till we get down <laughs> stairs. Also, I want to know did they take the pearls off of the do it for them? Because if they accidentally turned those things, then they would have been able to go into the Batcave. This is the worst secured Batcave in the history of Batman. I would have to imagine that somebody did it for them. Like maybe Luke did it or something or somebody from the tower did it in a way where it wouldn't. Somebody who knew the Batcave. There's only two people. There's only only two people on that tower. There's just it's Luke. There's Luke nobody else to, in that place. Yeah, Luke had to have done it because I, I would imagine so. But that, but again, like this is a fundamental design flaw of this bad cave. Like at least the grandfather clock, you had to like put it to the time that, that Thomas and Martha were shot in order for it to open up in the mansion. So. 
like no one just rearranges a timepiece on a clock, but anyone walking into that would be looking at those pearls and probably fidget with the thing if they if they had an inclination and accidentally open up the bat cave. But didn't you have to like turn it like two or three times in order for it to open? No, you just had to turn it. You just had to turn it like it was like a half a turn. I thought she did it a couple of times, but I could be wrong. Initially, what had happened was, in the first episode, it was off to the side. It wasn't on the circular pad that it needed to be on, so she had to she had to slide it onto the pad and then turn it. Gotcha. But the downside with that is, when it wasn't on the pad, you obviously saw there was a place that you should put this and then turn it. So you need it on the pad to make it look like, to make it look innocuous. Right. So photographer slash magpie and her boss leave. They go down to the cave and we see, oh, Alice's boyfriend is still, you know, hanging from a drain pipe somewhere in the bat cave. <laughs> Pretty big bat cave. Yeah. You know, and Luke's like, um, he, he might. He might die. Like, he's not doing <laughs> too good. He might need medical You know, aid. Kate, remember, yeah, you know, Kate, remember humans need food and water to live. And Kate's like, no, I don't think so. No. No, he, he's fine. Like, Kate went to military academy during the Bush administration. Like, no, he, he's totally fine. Oh, what's, what's that, what's that? That noise, that that little warning noise going off, Luke. Um, he's he's about to die. That was great. I love that. So, and then Kate's like, "All right, fine. I'll get him medical attention. You're gonna take him to a you're gonna take him to a hospital, right? Now I'm gonna take him to my sister. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna take him to the person in med school who's really good, but she's in med school. I feel like Mary's an undercover genius or something." Like, she plays dumb, but she's actually, like, a, has, like, the IQ of a genius or something, and that's why she's so good. Oh, I don't doubt it. Like, she she seems to really know what she's doing. I want to know, like, is she close to graduating? Like, is she on her final semester or or what? Because while I don't – while I've never been – while I've never been too – too worried like they're giving her too much to do for a student she always seems to know what she's doing which is which is fine but if we like found out two months from now like she just started medical school yesterday then i'm gonna be like well then something doesn't add up here yeah so so you know uh I do want to. I do want them to give us more into Mary's Mary's background, and and what's been going on. Because yeah, she she definitely comes across as someone who's smarter than they let on. And why does she do that? Is it just so you know she could have friends? Maybe she felt like you know being smart wasn't a way to get accepted. Who knows? Um, but that's a that's an interesting part of her character that I would like to see ex- explored a little bit. 
I'm hoping we'll get it in the next couple weeks. Yeah. So before she takes uh before before she takes uh boyfriend over to Mary, we get a scene out in the out in the cemetery where Kate not Kate, Catherine. Catherine. Yep. Catherine has a uh digging up uh uh Beth's grave. Why is she digging up Beth's grave? Because the cards that we got from last week sent her to that cemetery plot. Yes. Cemetery plot 283. Which I thought, actually, no, wasn't it 213? And the 8 and the 5 equal 13 and the 2? Oh, that could be it. Hold on a second. I'm actually, I have the, uh, I have the episode playing on mute in the background. Uh, nope, 283, plot 283. I have it on uh, closed captioning. Ah, okay. So we have a – so Beth meets her in the cemetery. Meets her is a strong word. She kind of hijacks her in the cemetery yeah. and is like, hey, you did what I knew you were going to do. I I left the cards out, and you came here. Pretty much saying that she believes Catherine to be a villain – why we don't know, and why I would Catherine come running to the plot unless she was hiding something, which, which she might be. Um, yeah. I mean, who knows? Maybe she just wanted to check on it. Maybe she just wanted to open up the grave just to make sure Beth wasn't buried with like 10 bucks. I don't know. So. Uh, Alice obviously knows something. She knows something, and she's kind of blackmailing Catherine with the knowledge. She doesn't come out and say what it is, but she hints at she hints at it very, very uh, bluntly that it has yes. something to do with Beth or Beth's grave. And she basically tells Catherine, like, unless you want me to tell, unless you want me to tell your husband what what I know. You need to give me um, a weapon that the Hamilton that the Hamilton company is developing. Yeah, and I I love that whole scene because it gave me the inkling that I was kind of right about Catherine because I said there was more here than meets the eye a couple weeks ago, and I'm right. really glad that that's coming back around. Yes, and it didn't take too long to get there which was good like they gave you a hint and then they kind of gave you and and now they're already kind of paying it off i do love i do love the crispness of some of this stuff stuff that doesn't really need to be dragged out isn't being dragged out which i'm grateful for yeah it keeps it keeps the storyline moving and it never feels like it's wasting episodes my biggest my biggest problem sometimes in shows that have 20 some odd episodes a season and are doing one storyline is you have episodes where nothing happens and they're just filler. And it's just like, why are we watching this? Right. Which is fine. Like, like it, it's kind of like, you know, nineties or eighties sitcoms. 
there was no overarching there was no overarching plot line throughout the entire season. Everything was like a series of one to two week episodes at most. And if that's the kind of show you're gonna do, great. I'll I'll watch it if it's interesting. But if you're gonna do give me a show where there's a long plot line that's season long, don't think you know don't make me feel I'm like there are episodes in there that are just wasted because you had to fill out 22 episodes instead of a storyline that was probably only 18 episodes. Right. So they have their brief little conversation. Alice is like, you need to get me this weapon. Otherwise I'm telling your hubby, don't do anything stupid. I'm what, you know, you know, I'll, you you got a day, you got a day, 10 o'clock tomorrow night. Give me my, give me my things. So Kate brings brings Alice's boyfriend over to to Mary, scaring Mary because that's what bat people do. They just randomly show up in front of people. And Mary kind of fangirls out. I would too. I mean, who wouldn't? Like I like her just watching her face go from like shock to surprise. And then, like, the smile she gets, and she's like, oh, my God, I love you so much. I'm a huge fan. It's great. I love her. <clears throat> I love her reaction. Yeah. Now, was obviously, was Kate using some sort of voice modulator in those scenes? Yes, she was. Um, and it was subtle, which was good. Okay. I thought so. But then there were also times in the scene where I was like, wait, she sounds remarkably like Kate right now. So is she or isn't she? Yeah, it was a very subtle voice modulation. Um, it wasn't it wasn't nearly the extent of Christian Bale, but it wasn't Michael Keaton either. Like it was maybe a couple registers off because it did sound different enough to me. So Batwoman's like, hey, um, I I heard you're a great, great doctor, you medical student. I got a guy here who needs some medical attention. To which, like, Mary kind of flips the switch. She looks, she looks at his leg and is like, ah, uh, this is really infected. Like, what what's up, man? Like, you couldn't have done something. And didn't she say something along the lines of, well, this is problematic, but this is the guy who tried to kill me. Yes, yes. She was like, this is this is the guy who tried to kill me, and it's not going to be a problem just letting you know. Ha <laughs> ha. Yay. No. I, I don't know. Like, have Mary and Batwoman shared scenes before? Uh, no. I wonder if Mary's going to be suspicious on how Batwoman knew that clinic existed. Uh, that is a good question. I would assume because of Sophie. Like, if I was Mary, I would just assume Sophie told her. Or because, you know, you have the crows. Uh, Sophie was shadowing Mary, so there's a chance Sophie knows. No, but I wonder if 
Mary will put together that Kate is Batwoman because Kate's been there. I mean, it's very possible. As we've as we've established, Mary is smarter than she lets on. So I'm interested to see if she connects those dots, and if she does connect them, what she'll do with it. Make a picture. That's what happens when you connect dots. <laughs> like that's the entire purpose of connecting dots. So after that, we have a random shot of Kate on top of the clock tower, which just seems to be where she stands. Like Batman was always like crouching on a gargoyle. Kate just stands at the top of the clock tower, like just chills there, thinks about life, what to eat, who knows. You know, that's her version of, you know, when Barry has an issue on the flash, he runs everywhere. When she's having things she needs to think about, she just kind of stands there. When Barry has an issue on the flash, he goes back in, he goes back in time and screws everything up. Well, true. Like. That's what Barry does. True. We get the first fight sequence between Magpie and Batwoman as Magpie is descending from the ceiling to steal a Fabergé egg and Batwoman kind of cutting the rope just before, you know, just about four or five feet off the ground so Magpie can smack into it. That was awesome. That was that that was really fun, and I kind I really like their first their first fight sequence together. Although I think Kate should have been easily able to take her down. Yeah, I was a little confused on why that wasn't so easy. You know, because we don't have any idea on if Magpie has any sort of has any sort of fight training. I mean, if you're a if you're going to be a thief, you probably should have some background. But with Kate's military background, she didn't look she hasn't looked real comfortable fighting. Maybe it's the suit? It could be, and that might be something like we see them talk about um in a future episode at least for a little bit because right now like her is leaving a lot to be desired yeah which you know I wouldn't necessarily care about but it's kind of like a bat thing like you're highly you know you're supposed to be highly but she's just not looking it right now but also I mean have we ever seen Batman when he first put the suit on and was like getting used to everything or when we like because I've never really seen any of the Batman movies or was he already established Batman so he already knew what he was doing and knew how to kick ass no we've seen Batman uh, in the comics and a couple of times in movies like in Batman Begins we've seen him we've seen him learning and and not doing a good job right at the beginning. Um, Batman begins. He we definitely see it, and then he goes off to get trained. In in the comics, we see it to a little bit lesser of an extent, but we still see it. So, so sometimes it's just sometimes it's not so much like like not learning how to fight as much as trying to read the opponent or 
or using just the right amount of force so you don't end up accidentally like breaking some breaking them in half or something right and which also again her having to fight in the suit she's not used to either right so i'm like this is i'm i'm commenting on this now just to see if in four or five episodes we notice it we notice like a uh an appreciable change because then it would be nice to see that evolution right whereas if whereas if we bring this up again in like five or six episodes you know maybe then some of the stunt choreography needs to get worked on a bit do they have the same stunt choreographer on all the shows or is it different for each show uh no i would imagine it's different for most of the shows um mainly because it some it's different fighting styles and then you would also need these people on set most of the time with you oh that's true yeah yeah so we get back to the we get back to the bat cave where there's a uh conversation going on as to why kate uh destroyed a priceless vase with the battering uh, because she couldn't catch it, apparently. Uh, Kate believes that the <laughs> Kate believes the equipment is faulty. Luke Fox uh, believes Kate was Kate didn't know how to use a batarang, and um, yeah. So I don't know how Kate makes it through any day without punching Luke in the face. Like it, I, I, I fully believe in this episode. Like the whatever like appointment sheet Kate has to list out all the things she needs to do during the day. At some point during each day, there's punch Luke in the face. <laughs> and see, he doesn't, he doesn't bother me like that. Like those stupid moments that he has, they just make me laugh. Yeah. I don't know. This I liked him last episode. I went back to not like him this episode. You know, he's going to be a very hit or miss character for me, I think. Um, I will say he has the worst timing ever. Oh, he does. He really <laughs> really does. Like we're going to get to that. Yeah, but no. so we have a nice little scene in the crow's office where we find out that that the people that intercepted the convoy that had Alice from uh, a couple episodes ago was from the prison transfer. Was, huh? From the prison transfer? Yes, from the prison tra- transfer in episode two, I believe. The people that intercepted it were part of the Hamilton company. And that's the company that she wants the weapon from. That is correct. But that is also the company headed up by Catherine. So there seems to be a really big connection between Alice and Catherine that that is coming out. And I totally missed that connection when I was watching. So I... Because didn't they also say in that scene that the bomb that hit her her um 
the prison transport van hit with like 99% accuracy or something like that? Uh, yes. So one could argue that Catherine was aiming for her? Yes. Yeah, I don't think it was designed to break her out, but I that's what happened. To, I think it was designed to kill her, and that woman got in the way. Right. Okay. Yeah. Wow. I totally missed that connection when I was watching, and yeah. wow. <laughs> Hit it with 99.9% accuracy. I remembered that part, and I, I remember thinking, okay, so obviously it was targeted. I missed the Catherine connection. This could yeah. be something, something I said a couple of weeks ago that I thought Catherine might have been behind it. Right. She, um, Sophie says that uh, the technology that was used was unreleased technology from Hamilton Technologies. So that's where we get the get. That's where we get the Catherine connection. Wow. Yep. So after that, that big review, we get to see we get to see Kate back on the date with the bartender Regan. They're walking down the street, just you know, just talking, and Regan's like, "Hey, you see that skyscraper over there? I used to live there, and then we were all kicked out." Which skyscraper was she pointing to? Is that the one that Tommy bought? No, it's just a random skyscraper. Random skyscraper, okay. Yeah. Random skyscraper. How it's listed in the credits. But we get another great Kate lying job. Oh, yeah, this, this one was, I mean, just... Don't ever play poker with Kate ever. That's true. You're never gonna know. You're never gonna know what she's holding, because wow. Oh, this was the this, this in was, the air vent. Oh, this was the air vent lie. Yes, this was the air vent fire. Oh no, the best lie is the last one. This is. And this is like I I swear to God Luke has her tracked and is like all right she's on a date now Kate you got to get over here like it's never like hey how's it going can you stop in no it's like no you got to hurry up and get over here like the world is ending uh, yeah I just did you expect Regan to actually get as annoyed as she did with that second lie or were you expecting her to be kind of like Okay, well, whatever. Go do what you need to do. I mean, she she kind of got upset, but she didn't really get upset until like the third lie. Yeah. And I'm like, all right, good. Like, there's there was only so much, and like three in the matter of a day was would have been the limit. The one thing I liked in this scene was Kate like asking her to go to the auction. And being like very cutesy about it, like we didn't get that kind of Kate in the last episode or or too much in this episode. So I like seeing Kate being, being I like seeing Kate being flirty and doing like feeling more natural with, with a human communi- like a a human connection. Yeah, that was great. And of course, yeah. the minute she's like, "Will you come with me? Nine thirty. I promise. 
no interruptions, I'm like, oh god, the world's gonna oh, yeah. never gonna make this day. Yeah. No. Something will happen, you know. I don't know what will happen. Like an asteroid will hit the Earth, but no, something will happen to make that not 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 happen. But I did like, you know, she's like pretty, pretty, pretty you know. I I thought that was really cute, and it kind of it kind of diffused anything with Regan at that point to get her to be like, all right. Why did why did Kate have to go? Because Magpie stole the necklace. She knocked she knocked Luke Fox out and stole Martha Wayne's necklace. Which again, she had to open up that thing. If it would have turned the slightest bit, the cave would have been exposed. We need better security on this cave. Get on it, Luke. Can we talk? About, okay, now see this was my Luke's. Luke is an idiot moment of the episode when he came out with on this was that a gun or a taser in his hand? I believe a taser. I'm like, what exactly are you gonna do with a taser? And then he got clocked in the back of the head. I was like, oh god, you're an idiot. I yeah. love you. You're such a lovable idiot, but you're an idiot. Ah, uh, lovable. That's kind of uh. That's kind of up for debate, but I I will agree on the idiot part. And so we find out that the explosives used on Magpie's stuff is a very specific kind of explosive. It's she 3D printed it, so the explosive is from the ink that is used to print it, which is a which is a um I forgot the term he used. But, it's, very, it's, it's very rare. Uh, that yeah, but it's um, it's kind of uh, it's controlled substance. That's what it was. Yeah. It's a controlled substance, which means in order to purchase it, there's got to be you know it's kind of like buying a gun. You there's paperwork, and there's a paper trail. So Kate's like, great. All we need to do is uh, find out you know who's all. Ordered explosive ink, which I can't imagine is a lot of people. Like, who just, who, like, I kind of want explosive ink, but I know that's not a good idea. You know, who just sits there and orders explosive ink? So she's like, all right, we need to find a way to get all of these records. And Luke's like, well, you could just go talk to your ex. Which, I mean. And Kate's like, or. And, like, in Kate's head, she's like, or I could dress up as Batwoman, go break in somewhere, download all their files, and then, or you could just go talk to your ex. Fine, I'll go talk to the ex. Yeah, I was kind of surprised that Luke's answer to that was um, Sophie and that he couldn't find a way to hack the information. Because Luke is stupid. He also got hit in the head, so he's just like, hey, go talk to the ex. It'll be great. Trust me. And the fact that he thought Sophie would release that information to Kate, the fact that Sophie did release that information to Kate, I was like, she doesn't find this the least bit odd? Well, she does. She's like, if Batwoman's on this case, why are you? And Kate's like, if you remember, I don't trust vigilantes because one killed my sister and mother. I mean, she did play the dead family member card. I was surprised it worked, though. 
No, it's a it's a good good card. Although Sophie, I mean, Sophie knows Kate's Batwoman. Like she hasn't been able to prove it yet, but she knows, which is why I think ultimately she lets she she lets Kate use that card and be like, all right, that's why I'll do it. Yeah, I have to like watch their scenes now and remember that she pretty much knows without saying anything that Kate is Batwoman because otherwise I'm like, why is Sophie doing this? Well, I mean, because also Sophie still still cares for Kate. And we get that where at the end of the scene we have this awkward pause of them not saying anything. And Kate's like, all right, I got to go. And Sophie's like, yep, I got to go home and kiss my husband with and all that romantic And remember that I'm supposed to love him. Yeah, yep. I, call, I call that the um, awkward true love stare. Yep. I love that man of mine. <laughs> yeah, and and I even said when I was watching, like, Kate and Regan are cute, but Kate and Sophie have the fire, and they are who I will be rooting for. And assuming, I mean, I don't know if Regan's sticking around, I don't know if Kate's going to have another random person of the week, but the rooting relationship for me is Kate and Sophie. Yeah, I mean, I think that's the ultimate endgame relationship, although I'm fine with waiting to get there. Like, I I would rather see Kate with other people. I just want to see, like, I want to see her romantic attachments not necessarily become, like, a focal point in the show, but I, I want to see, like, her her blossoming into more of a into more of a playboy type role because right now right now she's she's very like adorable when she's trying to talk to anyone other than sophie that she remotely finds attractive yes so that'll be that'll be something to keep an eye on so uh we have Catherine, in all of her infinite wisdom, was like, I don't want to give a weapon to a psychopath, which might be the best thing Catherine's ever done on the show. So she sends three goons into into try and kill Alice to find out where she is in her secret lair and kill her. Doesn't work. Alice finds out about it, kind of sets a trap for them, cuts off one of their fingers. Um, I really liked, I really liked the acting from Alice in this scene. Like it was like she played, she played crazy very well in this scene. And while I never questioned that she was crazy, I think, yeah, this put me firmly in the camp. Like she is crazy. She's just not playing crazy, but, but I think she still has. She still has enough grip on reality that she's not like a like she's not the Joker and she's not like completely off the edge, but she's definitely has she definitely has like five of her ten screws loose. Yeah, absolutely. So that I did like. So we find 
that there's one name on the list that Sophie texted to Kate of the people who bought uh, Explosive Inc., which there were a lot more than I thought. Like, that list should have been, like, three people tops. This list was, like, 100 people. They find one They find one address that's a P.O. box. They, they, then, they then trace the P.O. box to a closed museum where there's a uh, room in the basement that Kate finds that has all of these priceless treasures in it. So she's going to go in to grab them, but she notices that her that she can see her breath. So Luke instantly dedu- instantly deduces that this means the room is is has a room temperature kind of safety net where anyone that walks in that raises the the, the overall temperature of the room and the room explodes. So luckily there's a switch on the bat on the uh, Batwoman suit where it can lower her body temperature. All right, so that's solved. So now she can just go in there, right? And she said, well, this is uncomfortable. Yes, this <laughs> is uncomfortably cold, which I can just imagine. Just as she's about to open the door, Luke then tells her, oh, by the way, you can't breathe. <laughs> Part one of Luke's terrible timing. Well, so he's like, how long can you hold your breath? And she's like, well, you know, after two minutes, it gets kind of dicey. And he's like, all right, good luck with that. And he set a clock for two minutes. <clears throat> he sets a clock for two minutes. She takes, in her, she takes in her breath and goes in. So now this is the time where Luke just time just decides to tell her everything in the world because she can't say anything back to him. And, and that is when I that is finally when I wrote, if I was Kate, I would punch Luke in the face every day, every day. I was laughing so hard at this scene. And then when he was like, oh, by the way, it wasn't actually your fault that the boomerang failed. I forgot to recalibrate it for your arms. Because you even, even then, even then, it wasn't I was wrong. It was, by the way, I was technically wrong because I forgot you were a woman and you had shorter arms than your male cousin. Like, he actually uses your shorter female arms as a sentence. This is a sentence he says in the show, and every day, punch in the face. Like, good morning, Kate. Punch. Good morning, Luke. Like, that... That is that is something that needs to start happening on this show. Yeah, that I, I was laughing really hard through that entire thing because I as much as Luke has the worst timing in the world and he was totally an idiot, I kinda loved it because I kind of think I would be that much of a smart ass. Oh, by the way, I know we have this two minute thing. But if you could copy her hard drive too, that would be great. I was like, yeah, that I was like, really? So then we can technically blame Luke for what happens next. Yes, she sneezes. She sneezes, 
And Luke's like, wait, did you just sneeze? Like, shut up, Luke. Just shut up. (laughs) And I'm assuming she sneezed because she was allergic to the feather she found in the desk? Yes. Every day, Luke. Every day, punch in the face. I think that's going to be your new your new mantra for this for this. Yes. <laughs> I I'm gonna find I am gonna find find a moment in every episode <laughs> where it was that's when Luke deserved to be punched in the face. Like it'll be the punch Luke Fox quote of the week. <laughs> and I think in this episode he made up for the lack of one in last episode. Really did. Like, oh God. So I will say this. This is the only time any of her explosives look remotely menacing because it actually blows up the room. Every other time, like even at the end when they're all like in when they're in the pearls, which we'll get to, like I'm like, it doesn't seem like that would harm anybody. Like it would singe hair. Is her goal to harm, or is she just one of those that does it kind of like... No, I think it was more for a distraction than anything. But I mean, like, once you see, like, one explode, you're like, that's not going to hurt anybody. Why am I even bothering to to look at this? Like, that's the downside to it. Right. So we get Mary and the guy that Mary's taking care of... Uh, Mary decides that she's going to find out Alice's plan. And she's going to do so by morphing, by, by getting, guy, yeah, getting this guy as high on morphine as humanly possible. And Without being like, hey, uh, well, hopefully. Like, hey, 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 honey, it's me, Alice, your girlfriend. I forgot my evil plan, and you want to tell me? Like, this is essentially what she says. And, in fact, most of those words are what she says. Yeah, except except for the evil plan. What was it? No, no, no. She, She did. She used the word, I forgot my evil plan, or evil, like, I forgot my my evil evil scheme or or something. Evil master plan. I know the word evil was in, and it was great. And he starts kind of loopily talking about a mouse. I'm assuming it's not Mickey Mouse, but he's he talks about a mouse, and so we get a very little out of him because who would have thought cranking up the morphine on somebody wouldn't lead to like great exposition dialogue. I didn't actually think that would work. No, it doesn't. I thought that she was going to no take him. Ever. I thought she was going to take him off of pain <laughs> so that she would be like torturing him, and the pain would make him talk. Yeah, but that would be really against her ethical, like her medical code. I mean, yeah, but this guy also tried to kill her, so I wasn't sure where she was going. This was not what I was expecting, but I still liked it. Right. So. 
we're at the auction. We see the people filing in. Regan's filing in alone. What the hell kind of date is this? And then uh, Batwoman is up talking about how Regan's filing into the place. And Luke's like, who's Regan? Oh, she's my date for tonight. You brought it to a takedown. Yeah, you know, I can kill two birds with one. No, Kate, you can't. You can barely lie. I thought, didn't she say something like, I didn't know it was going to be a takedown at the time? Right, which I which I kind of believe. Like, she didn't know it was going to be a takedown at the time. But, no, Kate, you can't do two things. You can barely do one thing. Yeah, and you're still trying to get used to doing this particular thing. Right. Right. Oh, oh, God, Kate. So Kate changes to go downstairs and uh, to meet with Regan. And it's like, hey, honey, I'm here. We're going to be good. Oh, I got to go do something. It's it's like this sitcom. It's like the sitcom trope where uh, the person ends up bringing two dates to the prom. Yeah. And it's, and it's like, here we are at the prom. I got to go to the bathroom. You know, and runs off. Kate gets sidetracked before getting to Regan, though, because Sophie shows up. Oh, my God. That was so awkward. Yeah. I mean, that's awkward is par for the course for them. True. And poor Regan's like... Hey, you're Kate's ex. Like, she doesn't say it, because Regan's great, but she kind of gives Kate the the worst looks humanly possible. Right, because what we didn't discuss in their cute lunch scene, or lunch date scene, where, um, was they had a discussion about Sophie and their history, and my favorite line from that scene was, you came back to town for an ex- who doesn't even think of you as an ex, and I don't have to be worried? Well, yeah. Like, she she didn't think she had to be worried, because if the person didn't think of him as an ex, then that would definitely be a one-sided thing. I don't, I don't know. Like, Regan's already, like, had to put up with too much of Kate's crap in this episode, and I, I hope she comes back as a character, because I like her, but I mean, come on, Kate. Yeah, this was definitely not. This was not Kate's finest hour as far as being a really good romantic partner. Yeah, no, definitely not. So Luke finds out that the recovered necklace or the necklace that Kate uh, thought she recovered of Martha Wayne's, was actually a bomb. The 3D printing that Magpie did made little bombs out of the pearls. Now, these are very small pearls. The bombs are like, a, like almost look like firecrackers when they go off, which is why I, like, I don't believe that they could have hurt anybody. And they they were supposed to be used as a distraction because as this is going on, people would be running and she would be able to go steal 
fill all the stuff in the in the um in, in on hold. Right. So so the entire point of these were for distraction. The fact that Kate knows it was part of her distraction and then it works is what I don't really like about it. Because like I said, after you see like the first couple explode, you would then realize that this wouldn't really be able to hurt anybody. Except for the one like there's one that a little girl picks up and is holding in her hand. That one could have at least blown off her hand. And Kate uses the new battering that is now calibrated for her short woman arms. Direct quote from Luke Fox. <laughs> punch him in the face. She, she, she throws the batarang to knock the pearl out of the girl's hand. The pearl goes flying, and then like Kate, like wraps her wraps her cape around the little girl. Like the bomb is like within six inches of them, but no, it's like two feet in the air, four feet away, and and it explodes harming no one except maybe a moth that was flying by <laughs> and the kid is just like oh look you're real you have a face I love that I mean it's it, it was a nice scene the action was good I liked I it the, I thought the cape moment was cool I didn't realize like how much it how far away it actually was right like that's that's the downside it's like it did it look cool yes was it like a really good superhero moment yes was it in the grand scheme of things did she need to do it no no but they did it for the look right which is fine so everyone saved uh kate does capture magpie because as magpie is trying to escape at a building across the street, Kate's like, haha, I have a grappling gun. Fires it from like 300 yards away, hits her dead on target, pulls her into a pool, lets, lets the cops pick her up, which is fine. And that's when we find out that she was the photographer from earlier in the episode. And Kate's like, I know you. You were the photographer. And she's like, ha, you rich people don't ever notice me. No, no, no. Kate did right there when she was like I've seen you before yeah and I never made the connection to the photo- like to the photographer either and I probably should have but I didn't I don't know what was wrong with me when I was watching this episode so I thought that was pretty cool like yeah no when, whenever there's a new villain any character you've never seen before it's automatically that one of them yeah so we get the third lie Kate tells Regan, or maybe fourth. I've lost count. I, when Regan's like, did you see everything that happened? And Kate was like, sorry, I was on a phone call. And then Regan's like, oh, I tried to call you. And then Kate says, I must have been in a dead zone. I'm not making this up. This is exactly the this is exactly the way the scene played out in the exact words at the exact time. 
She said, I was on a phone call. I tried to call you. I must have been in the dead zone. These are all lines that followed one another in this scene. No wonder Regan walked away, because that, that was kind of one of those, oh, God, we're thinking moments. And, like, Regan's just like, you just said you were on a call, Kate. Like, you just, yeah, five seconds ago, Kate. Five. Get better at lying. Punch Luke Fox in the face and, and get better at lying. These are the two things you need to do every day. You know what? Two birds with one stone. Punch Luke Fox in the face and lie about why you did it. <laughs> you are going to find a way to make Punch Luke Fox in the face a part of every episode going forward. Yeah, until somebody punches <laughs> him in the face, yes. Or he, do, or he doesn't actually warrant a punch in the face. Oh, that's never going to happen, I don't think. Like, it happened last week. Uh, I'm, if I, I go back and watch that episode again, I will find again. She's like, look, you're great. You're funny. I really like you. You're cute. But you suck lying. So I'm and Kate's like, you're cute. You're funny. But I suck at lying. So I'm out, which I feel bad. Like I, it, I feel I, bad too. I feel bad for Regan. She took the night off. She got all dolled. You know, I I really like her outfit. Like her pink dress is is a really nice outfit. Oh, she um, looked great in that dress. Yeah, she did. Like her eyebrows are, are on point. She kind of looked like Piper Paraboo a bit. Paraboo yeah. is that how you the last I name? Paraboo. All right. But at least we know who I'm talking about. The uh, the actress from Lost and Delirious and uh, Coyote Ugly. Yes. Uh, she did kind of have that quality, and I I kept like I kept looking. I'm like she reminds me of somebody, and I can't think of it. I can't think of who it was. And as we were talking about the scene, I kind of noticed it out of the corner of my eye. I'm like, ah, Piper. Yes. So. After this, we get to the scene with Catherine and Catherine and um. Is it Jeremiah? No. <laughs> Catherine and uh, Kate's dad. And Catherine's like, we need to talk. Uh, Alice came to see me. She tried to blackmail me. I wasn't gonna give um a psychopath a uh, a weapon, which is the best decision she's ever made. Yes. And then she goes into the story of she was the her company was the one who found the bones of Beth that were deer bones. Those were not Beth's real bones, which we kind of already had an inkling because we've seen Beth, and there doesn't look to be any missing bones on her. So she didn't know if it was another human or what. Turns out it was deer bones, and then she paid the medical examiner to cover it up because she knew he would never stop looking. Kate would never really live her life. This is the reasoning she's giving. This is the reasoning she's giving Jacob, which 
for all intents and purposes, because we don't, otherwise we don't know. Like we're just we just have to go with what happened in this episode. Right. So on face value, if this is the reasoning, it's a good reasoning. Like I think the reasoning makes sense. They they had spent all this time looking. They never even found like even clothing of that to ever signal like she was alive. And this was a way to get them to at least start the grieving process and at least giving them the chance of having some semblance of a life. And if that's the reasoning, I think it's I think it's well intentioned. I don't think that's what happened. No, I don't either, specifically because if she tried to kill Kate in the prison transfer, not Kate, um, Beth, if she tried to kill Beth, right. was, was she doing that to cover up the fact that she knew basically knew Beth was out there this entire time? Or is there a reason other than what we know that she was trying to kill her? Well, actually, if she was trying to kill her because to cover up the fact that she knew, if she knew Beth was out there, then that's even worse. Like, you knew she was out there and alive, and you didn't do anything. Because if she knew that, she would have at least had to have had evidence she was alive. And then if she didn't do anything with that evidence, then that's even worse. But if it was just to cover up the fact that she lied to Jacob initially, then I would be like, all right, that's kind of over the top, but okay, that's the path you're going down. way more to this, and I have a feeling that next week's episode might be able to shed a little bit of light, hopefully. Uh, Hopefully. We'll see. Jacob takes it just about as well as you would expect. I mean, Uh, I thought he could have taken it, but um, he's like, wow, I can't believe you did that and that's what she kind of says like look this is why i did it and while you don't expect him to figure right away again taking her at face value her reasoning sounded altruistic now now but if you also look her huh if if you also think about it too i could also see why he freaked out because the entire reason he wasn't glomming on to the fact that Beth is Alice is because of those DNA results. Those DNA results are now alive. So obviously, Beth is Alice. So in his head, he's thinking, if I had kept looking for her, would my baby girl have turned out like this? Exactly. Who knows? We don't. Uh, So Kate, again, scares the hell out of Mary at the clinic, in which Mary's like, look, what happens when you do this? Someone could have cardiac arrest, and I am too young to have heart problems. <laughs> and then she kind of tell, and then she tells Batwoman like, "Hey, so I morphined them up, and I pretended I was Alice, and and um, you might want to start looking for a mouse. This is Gotham. There's probably rats everywhere. So good luck." Now, does mouse connect to any Batman villain in the comics? Uh, I'm sure there is nothing that I can think of right now. Uh, there was, there was a newer character in a series called Mother Panic, which also took place in Gotham, where a guy could 
uh, communicate and kind of control or communicate and befriend rats and get them to do what he wanted. Um, so they could be hinting at him, who would be a, red, a relatively obscure character to bring in without people really knowing. But I'm sure there's somebody like it'll make sense in the long run. I'm just kind of drawing a blank right now. Okay. Uh, uh, I mean, aside from that, we get the wrap-up scene of Kate talking to Luke, and she's like, hey, Luke's like, hey, great job. I trust you now. And she's like, well, they trust Batwoman, not necessarily Kate, which is fine because the city really doesn't know Kate exists. Um, I don't see why they would need to trust Kate, but she seems to think they do. So she's like, well, I remember when I was dating Regan for like three minutes in between all the lies, like she got kicked out of her place to live. So they built it because they were building a high rise. We're going to get into the real estate business. And Luke's like, we're going to kick people out to make high rises. No, 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 no. We're going to we're going to buy places that are run down. And let the tenants who are already living there live there, which is a nice again, it's a nice uh, thing. Um, you know, uh, Bruce had the philanthropy side. They don't really make too much of a mention of, like, Luke's like, well, well, like, Bruce did the playboy, they're going to do this, okay. But neither one of them know anything about real estate, so, you know, I can't wait for the Batwoman episode of Flip This House. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. Now, when we saw them in last year's crossover, did had Kate already started her real estate stuff at that point? Was that mentioned? It was mentioned. And I remember when they said it in this episode, I remember I was like, that's right. She had she had made mentioning real estate in the crossover. So we're getting closer to the catch up. OK, that's what I thought. Yeah, so that was good. Um, it's nice to see. It's nice to see the parts kind of come. Although it'll be where was Luke during the last crossover? Because it seems to me he doesn't leave Wayne Tower. I'm going with he wasn't casted yet, so he wasn't in the crossover. Right, but I'm like, I might want to find a way to get him out of there for a little bit. Like, oh, he's off doing maybe something he's this week. Be, maybe Alice is going to kidnap him or something and we'll just get back to that after Crisis. Or maybe Kate punched him and he <laughs> was knocked out at the time. <laughs> oh, that would be your way, your wishful way of handling it. It really would be. <laughs> so, other than that, that's kind of it for this episode that I have. We see the preview for next week where we looks like we're going to get Alice's backstory. Yes! Like I'm what so happened Crash and her becoming Alice. That seems to be what going to be next week, which I really am looking forward to because I want, like, I've really been interested into what her backstory was. So it looks like we're getting that or at least a taste of it. We don't know yeah. how much the episode's going to I think it'll kind of give us most of it. I think we might even get more pieces to a connection between her and Catherine next episode. Yeah, that's what I'm hoping for. Yeah. 
So that should be really good. Um, any more thoughts on this episode before we wrap up? Nope, I'm good. All right, cool. So we are part of the Thought Bubble Audio channel. We have podcasts for the modern geek. We have a bunch of podcasts. We have this great podcast you're listening to. We have Academy Rewind. We have Beer with Geeks, Supergirl TV Talk, Metropolis, uh, Read Up, Tolkien TV Talk, other sh- and one other show with Frank's wife, and I will promise to know it one day. <laughs> one day. One sweet day, like Mariah Carey used to say. I will learn the name of that show. It's great. You should listen to it because it, it's great, but I don't know the name of it so this is awkward <laughs> anywho other than that you can reach us at batwoman tv talk on twitter or at tv talk at gmail.com please feel free to rate and review us five stars would be great on itunes and if you have any thoughts questions comments by all means send us a message on twitter send us a message by gmail Send us a message by Carrier Pigeon. I would love to get a Carrier Pigeon one day. But send us a message. We do want to interact with you guys. I love listening to feedback. Um, the feedback on the last episode that I got was we should really, because we were kind of very cognizant on on differentiating between Alice and Beth in certain scenes. And the suggestion was that we should be as cognizant when um, – when Kate is in the Batwoman suit to just refer to her as Batwoman, which yeah. also makes sense, and it's something I'm gonna it's something I'm gonna try and remember because it is two different personalities. So you always want to make sure you're you're referring to the right personality, just like I had made with Kate and Kate and Batwoman is with Alice and Beth. Um, so that would be you know um, gay Sophie and straight Sophie also be two different would also be two different things um so that is that is something i'm going to try and keep in mind i'm hoping i did a good job this episode because it wasn't it was in the back of my mind to an extent i think i think we did do better yes yay go us go team uh where can people reach you i am on twitter at xo tony roney xo All right. So until next time, we need to get out of here because they're flashing the bat light in the. Oh, nope. They're flashing the bat signal in the sky. I hate scripted beginnings and endings. So we're just going to say bye. Bye. Bye, everybody.